0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy.
1: Hi, I'm Ryan LaPlante, and I'm one of the crazy founders of Dumb Dumbs and Dice, the production company that's made the video you're watching or the podcast you're listening to right now. Now, we're clearly busy. We're producing five weekly podcasts, a sixth event podcast, video event one shots, and an additional video D&D campaign. But we want to take this time to invite you to become a part of our company and a part of our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. You can get access to our Discord, access to exclusive DM and character chats. You can get the chance to name characters in our shows and vote on the way their stories will progress. You can even become a recurring NPC and hear yourself interacting with our characters each week through the voice of Tom. You can become a patron for as little as $1, and there's great value for you at even that level. So please, join the Dum Dums and Dice family and help us make even more content in a way that you are guaranteed to love. That's patreon.com slash dumdumdice. D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. So let's do something dumb together, and thanks for being part of our stories. I am Executron, god of merchandising, and I came into existence because Dumb Dumbs and Dice has its own merchandise. That's a god part, get it? Dice? Merchandise? Anyways, you can get t-shirts, hoodies, spiral notebooks, clocks, wall art, throw pillows, bags and even stickers emblazoned with your favorite Dumb Dumbs and Dice characters and their catchphrases. Go to redbubble.com people slash dumb dice. That's D-U-M-B D-U-M-B D-I-C-E One more time for the mortals in the back. Redbubble.com people slash dumb dumb dice. Get your merch Today. Welcome back, children of the night, to
2: Blood and Syrup, a Vampire of the Masquerade live play podcast. I am your host, Vlad von Lestat, drinker of Blood, keeper of the Chronicle, and all around the spooky dude, ah, ah, ah. With their place in the city growing more complicated by the second, our coterie sorted out some of their priorities. Everyone agreed. Step one is collecting the bear boys. Iris underwent a makeover, and Everett tried to cover up that he can only eat vampires, but Ridley caught him in the lie with a messy success. Abandon
3: hope, all ye who listen here. Everett, you have been making a habit of uh, partially protecting yourself, but also to some degree protecting your coterie from the dark truth that you only hunger for the blood of Kindred. Um, a combination of what Ellen has told you, what Ridley told you, and what you've now kind of observed from the, the small interactions you've had with, uh, with Kindred society thus far um, have suggested that uh, this is a big no-no, and uh, uh, as close to blasphemy as seems to exist, with, at least within the sects of, of vampires that you've met. But now, it would seem that uh, Ridley has caught you in a lie. And as you look to Iris for backup, uh, you notice that uh, she and Malone each have a cup of tea and are just, like, staring on in kind of excited horror. Um, And you realize you're on your own. Um, That this this is the the conflict you knew was coming with Ridley has taken a slightly different form than than you anticipated. What do you tell him?
4: Ridley, um, you're right. I am. I am lying. Uh, I'm still not sure who I can Trust, you see, including myself. So this was something I want to play a little close to the chest. Uh, I'll take care of my hunger. You don't need to worry about me. But uh, I'm not. I'm not willing to talk about it right now.
1: All right, then I'll offer you a trade. You keep your secret. I feed my new boy however I want.
4: No, I d I don't like that. It sounds like you're leveraging <laughs> you're leveraging that over my friend. Uh, and that doesn't sit right with me at all, Ridley. Yeah,
1: well, you know what? I don't like that some of us have fucking secrets. Well, some of us just share the money and all the tools and a fucking network, and then you just go off and hide in a car and you fucking lie. I don't fucking lie to this team. If I don't like you, I'll fucking tell you I don't
4: like you. And that may not be admirable,
1: but it's fucking honest.
4: <laughs> you you do give quite freely, Ridley. I will say that. You also take pretty freely too. Oh, what so, have I taken of yours? I'd fucking my love to know. Best friend. <laughs> You
1: said you didn't want to make a fucking decision. I'll kill him right now, if that's what you fucking want. But you wanted him to be around so you could solve your fucking conscience. Well, welcome to Conscience Town. We're not fucking good people. We don't do fucking good things. And if you want to keep your fucking friend alive, then he's going to do bad things. Emily's a fucking werewolf. And you hear know, Iris going, Oh, well, it's all of our fault for keeping her alive. lot do you? Iris.
4: <laughs> She's got
3: something to say. I should say from, from the audio media, Miles is doing some incredible uh, <laughs> surprise. Basically, she's, uh, she's anyone watching RuPaul's Drag Race um, when a twist has occurred. There's a lot of, of shocked hands. And, uh, and now, now uh, she raises a finger and says,
0: Don't bring Emily into this shit.
1: I'm fine with Emily. I'm talking about you. You don't like me for a bunch of stuff, and we know it, but we make it work because we're co-workers and we're in a gang and we do things together. You and I don't always get along. We don't even try to hide it. I mean, I find you amusing. You find me vaguely repellent about 30% of the time. I think we could say fairly. Yeah. Yeah, I can respect that. You don't got to like me all the time. I do ugly things. You do beautiful things. It's why there's a balance here. I don't know if you're a cop, Are you going to fucking kill us. Or what your fucking problem is, Everett. You haven't been with us from day one. And we're trying to find this like ugly medium where everyone just does what the fuck they need to. But you're the only one with fucking secrets.
4: You want to talk about what we need to do, Ridley? No, I want to talk about your fucking secrets. <laughs> I know, I know that.
0: Stop, stop Gene,
4: Have a drink, Iris. <laughs> it's tea. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Is it Blatelix? No, she's gagging
3: every time she sips the tea. Yeah. (laughs) Um, We've established that Iris refuses to give up creature comforts. So I think, weirdly, at this point, she's just established um, that, like, no, I'm going to drink bourbon, and I'm going to drink tea, and, like, damn the consequences, which likely means she's, like, throwing up in her mouth a lot but it's just too fucking stubborn not to to stop at least for now. Who knows? Lose a few more humanity points, a couple more stains, we'll see where we land. Yeah. Yeah. Incidentally, everyone at the bar is like, "Yep, that's Lurleen throwing <laughs> up in her mouth all the time." <laughs> They're like, "Also so barf and Lurleen." Yeah, at the uh, at the, the table nearby, you just should be like, "Oh, man, you know, I knew I knew Lurleen had had that viewing group for uh, for for that True Blood show." Um, and also that Twilight thing, uh, her friends are really into werewolves and vampires. It's really funny. They're so, look how into this they are. They're like yelling at each other. It's it's very cute.
1: (laughs) Oh, we're in the basement. So we must be loud. I believe it. (laughs) Are you in the basement? Well, we're down by the Martha box. That's in the basement with Harvey. We're not like showing Harvey to the bar. (laughs)
3: All right. Fair enough. Sorry. In my head, everyone was just in the bar yelling this. And I was like, oh man, they're really just going for it. (laughs) Okay, so in that case, Malone is taking a break, uh, so he's down there with you because I've established that he's in the scene with Iris. Um, she brought some meat down for Harvey, and uh, okay. they've been chatting. So here's the thing. I'm going to keep interjecting only so that this doesn't become a two-way dialogue. Uh, so I will also remind you where you're at. So it's all good. But basically, uh, the way the chips have fallen is this, Everett. Um Ridley and Iris uh, are kind of making a compelling point, even though Ridley's kind of being the mouthpiece for it, which is that since the killing of Dominic Looney, they've kind of found an equilibrium. Um, it helped that um, uh, Iris was sort of so gung-ho about sort of getting shit done in a way that uh, Ridley really appreciated. And when Iris was under threat, uh, Ridley legitimately showed up and saved the day, um, both of which I think have put them on slightly more even keel. Um They've both sort of decided... Also, given that Iris can eat anyone and her moral scale has been sliding pretty drastically, um, they're kind of on Team Vamp now, um, which means that you're kind of the odd man out. That said, you're also a man of a pretty stringent moral code. And both of them have proven to be a bit of a disappointment to you in that... uh, I mean, Ridley is a very capable guy. And honestly, if morals were removed, probably exactly who you'd want on missions but morals are not ever really truly removed for, for Everett Fry. Um, and Iris, I think is exactly what you fear you could become, um, easily. You've already seen with the Inquisitors, um, how, sort of what your life could have been if you'd successfully hunted down, uh, your, uh, Yosemite Sam serial killer dude and, uh, unveiled the, the masquerade. Um, but also Iris is, is a human who's been thrust into extraordinary circumstances who is rapidly sliding into um, the thrall of the beast. Um, so you find yourself at a bit of a crossroads. Um, you feel like you need to either give them something or try and get Harvey the fuck out of here because things are the tides are turning. That said, you also, based on your connection to Ellen... Aren't entirely sure how strong the bond between Ridley and Harvey might now be. Your friend may legitimately be lost to you.
4: What do you do? What do you do? Just <laughs> here's my cool answer right away. Um, yeah, you, you can give it a think, it's cool, yeah. it's fine. <laughs> no worries, it's just a uh, light, light choice, A, B, yeah, fully binary. Um, Sorry, just to bring you back into like the the moment. What was what were you saying, um, Ryan? Uh, what was Ridley Oh, you saying? said
1: uh, if Ridley, if you want to
4: talk about what we should do, and I said I want to talk about your fucking secrets. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, Ridley, my secrets are mine to keep, and I will share them with whoever and however I please. I'm not going to let you coerce them out of me right now. We're talking about feeding Harvey so we can get his strength back. That's where this all came from. Let's not get distracted here. We have one day to find the silken, the satin prince. Excuse me. Silken prince is a different guy I was researching, a separate case. This, we have one day to find the satin prince. It's extremely important that we do that. Uh, trust me when I say it's more important than my. Eating habits.
0: Uh, that's... Do you want us to trust you? I don't know that, you know, keeping secrets is the way to go about that. Pretty sure you both know everything about me, haven't been keeping any secrets there, because I need you to trust me, because I need you to help save my ass when I get into scrapes, because it's gonna keep happening.
4: Do you believe that I won't save you?
0: Well, I'm starting to.
4: Okay, I just have a, a tough ask for you then in that you're gonna have to trust me anyway. Oh, that's cute. Well, I think here's the deal. I do
1: need to get a bear, boys. We can leave Harvey in this box. If you want him to wake up ravenously hungry and chained in a box for an undeterminate amount of time, you're the one hurting your friend. And I'm not letting him fucking tear apart a bear boy when he's fucking angry. And they told me when I got made into a vampire that they fucking own me when they make me. And if I fuck up, it goes back on them.
4: You've all got that hanging over our heads, Ridley.
1: Yeah, I know. But now, if Harvey fucks up because you make him do something fucking dumb, it comes back on me. I'm not. It doesn't come make back, back on Harvey you.
4: Harvey, do anything dumb, Ridley.
1: I know, but if you've got one secret, you can have a fucking hundred. I'll do this job with you. I'll absolutely do this job with you because I need my boys back. But secrets, trust, these are all things that are going to be there and you're either in the gang or
4: you're out of the gang. So you've got to figure that shit out. I'm saying I'll do the job. I'm asking, you gotta do the I, I want to ask you both something real quick. What the fuck does trust mean if I can't keep my secrets, huh? If I have to lay it all out for everyone because you don't trust me, what is your trust worth at that point?
1: It means when I press the button and the bridge goes down and it comes back up because I stayed behind to let you and your friend cross the fucking bridge, it means I turn around to fight a monster while you leave. That's what fucking trust is.
4: I agree. I do. That's why I trusted you with Harvey. That's why I came back when that bridge came down. I had my secrets and I came back anyway, Ridley. And I will continue to come back if this feels like a place that I can treat like my home. Why is this secret so
1: ruinous? The idea of you keeping a secret, I'll tell you from the other perspective, it's not about your right to keep it, it's that you will fight this hard to keep it from us, which means it affects us, which means it's gotta be so fucking terrible that Iris and I are gonna have a fucking nightmare if we know. That's the scary part. If you just wanna keep it abstractly, that's fine, but you lied to us about it, you lied to me. You can just fucking keep things. You can say, I don't wanna talk about it, you lied. And that means I, it's a fucking big deal. I don't wanna talk about it, Ridley. i I know man you just fucking laser in on a one thing you want to be right about it's it's impressive but frustrating um iris
3: i also want to just point out uh as has often been the way in this show um you can throw your weight behind either of these these guys Uh, i know right now you're fully team ridley um but do just keep in mind that at any time you could theoretically flip if he makes a convincing enough argument also uh Gents, I'm happy to make you roll dice, but I also don't want to interrupt the flow of conversation. So when I feel we've reached an impasse, we'll reach for dice, but...
4: uh, I rolled I was like, well, here's my secrets. (laughs) Uh,
3: Honestly, kind of, yeah, because my philosophy on the reason that dice should exist in these games is these games should be mostly that. um, But when they become a playground fight of, I shoot you with my gun, well, I have a gunproof shield. Well, my bullets go through gunproof shields. Ah, but I am wearing bullet through gunproof shield yeah
4: armor you can't kill me i'm a vampire well i eat vampires that's my secret
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i like it we've just summed to show up in a, just a, a hot second there so anyway yeah. um and uh yeah again just uh keep in mind anyone can jump in at any time i think at this point uh malone has left uh because this went from a fun i'm gonna drink tea and watch this to a. oh the vampires might kill each other and i'm not gonna pick a side because i'm squishy uh so he's returned back upstairs
0: Well, Everett, I'm just gonna tell you this. You can keep your goddamn secret. That is obviously up to you. But just know that I'm always not gonna feel just that little bit, I'm always gonna feel just a little bit uncomfortable having with you having my back. Because if keeping the secret is that important to you, if it comes down to me and Ridley and your secret, I'm starting to get the impression that it'll be your secret. So you're gonna just have to deal with the fact that we don't trust you entirely.
4: And what happens if uh, I do tell you, Iris? What happens then? You trust me 100% implicitly going forward at that point is it just flip a switch in your head? You don't even know what I'm hiding you from. You don't even know what I might be protecting you from.
0: Well. You clearly don't think we can help you with it, so you don't trust us either. That's Um, all I'm going
3: to... Iris Dunn, you have the ability to use your precog shit to determine things. (laughs) Do you want to try and precog this secret?
0: Fuck yes, I do.
3: All right. Uh, Normally you don't need to rouse the blood, but given that this is a narratively important uh, circumstance, uh, I'm going to make you roll a a rouse check for this. So that is 1d10, pure pass-fail... fail um so uh, given that it's not uh i think it's important to remember that your precog abilities are closer to uh like uh peter parker or miles morales's uh spidey sense than it is to like using the force so i think this (laughs) is your first time trying to do it you do like the, the xavier thing where you put your fingers to your head and you just like think real hard um, but nothing happens. Uh, unfortunately, um, it uh, it could partially be, be because there isn't necessarily a future where he tells you. Also, you're not really sure how these powers work. You just thought you'd give it a go.
0: Just like... <laughs>
4: <laughs> so what the hell are you doing?
0: Just really angry.
4: Oh. Oh, all right. Tellurly and expressive. Lighting the tea is getting to her. <laughs> <laughs> Is that tea going through you?
0: You don't need to know that.
4: You say quietly I throwing that. <laughs> up
3: behind a box. <laughs> oh. All right. So, um, Coterie, I'm going to need uh, an answer as to how you want to proceed. Uh, from what we have seem to have determined, uh, Everett refuses to uh, to tell his secret, insisting that uh, trust means that you trust him for having good reason not to tell you, um, that said, uh, Ridley and Iris, um, given the fact that admittedly you guys have bonded over the last few, uh, missions and kind of the the couple weeks you've been in town, but ultimately you were three strangers put together by other people. And suddenly Everett Fry seems more a stranger than, than a friend. Um, what do you decide to do? I'm also going to say that this evening is pretty much burnt. Uh, this is really yeah. a how do you move forward before bedding down for the day. Well, I got to
1: get a fucking bear boy's back. So that's going to happen. We'll chain up Harvey so he can't get out. And then he'll fucking starve. I don't know what this will fucking do to him, but fine. If he comes out a fucking raving lunatic, then we'll give him treatment
4: as much as we can. And if we can't fucking stake him. What were you gonna do with him, Ridley? Were you gonna feed him a person that you would have eaten? That was my plan, yeah. That's fine, we didn't finish discussing that, Ridley. I didn't fucking condemn you for trying to bring a person in. I merely suggested a more sustainable solution in folk donating blood to us. Your folk, because you got a big group of subordinates. If you don't like it, that's fine. Harvey's got to eat. I understand that. I want my friend back. I don't want him to turn into a goddamn animal. And I storm out.
3: Incidentally, uh, Iris, um, you suddenly feel the pit of your stomach fall out, partially because of the tea, um, but also uh, because as Everett reframes that, it occurs to you that this is actually exactly the arrangement you've had with um, Emily and Kyle Minogue and like a bunch of other people um, this is actually a fairly viable way <laughs> to stay alive. Um, it just didn't seem that way to you when it was oh, first pitched. I, no,
0: I had no issues with the blood donor system. I just had issues with the whole secret thing. I mean, I'll drink from anyone as long as <laughs> as long as I don't kill them and they're willing.
3: I mean, we'll see how long that lasts. But yeah, for now, cool. That's uh, that's it's a nice goal. Uh All right, so uh,
1: Everett storms out. Um, Ridley, uh, what do you do? All right, well, I don't have any fucking time because we had this argument. I'll find a scumbag to feed him later. You know that I'm fucking angry about the lie, not the idea, right? He seems to think the whole fight was about the idea.
0: I know, I don't get that. He, he's got it all twisted.
1: What um, a copper. <laughs> uh...
3: So Ridley and Iris, um, I will say that, uh, even though most of the night is burnt, uh, it's now, you know, late, late in the evening or slash early in the morning. Um, your dawn's about half an hour away. Um, if you do want to try and find someone, if you want to try, uh, and, uh, find a victim, um, you have enough time. It's also that, that sort of, uh, part of the evening where uh, you've got a really interesting cross section of people out and about. Um, Obviously you've got uh, folks who, who live outside who are uh, kind of there permanently. You've got revelers. um, If you remember back when the world was still open and you could go to bars till super early in the morning, Um, you've got uh, uh, people working overnight shifts and uh, probably people starting to get up for their early morning shifts. So you do have time to hunt. What do you do?
0: I mean, if we can make it so that Harvey doesn't come out an insane person, there might be a nice little peace offering. I don't know.
1: Hey, let's go find a fucking scumbag. Great. <laughs> All right. So, what I need
3: each of you to do, please, is um, this is our first time going hunting. Uh, there are rules for this, but I don't know huh. them. <laughs> Um, That's cool.
4: I didn't know there were specific rules to there hunting.
3: There are. Um, Iris, I'm gonna get you to please roll me a... Uh, how do you think Iris would hunt? This is actually a question we we haven't ever had to, had to resolve, but, um, you're not really hunting for you so much as you're hunting for Harvey, but you also don't know what Harvey wants. Um, the only restriction, and actually, you don't have any restrictions, ever, or sorry, uh, Ridley does. We'll say the two of you are out together, but each of you gets to kind of attempt a target. What do you think you'd be looking for? What do you think your, your tactic would be?
1: Hello, Gov. It's your boy Ridley, and I'm here to talk to you about maybe a way you should be contributing to this little organisation. Everyone knows, as you look around, there's a lot of bear boys, and you know, to be a bear boy, you've got to be a bear, and you've got to be, well, not exactly a boy, but you've got, the important thing is, you've got to pay your fucking dues, is what you've got to do. And right now, I just know from looking at the numbers There are a lot more fucking people out there Than there are inside my fucking gang And what I'm saying is If you want to join up and get access to me And all the cool fucking toys And other fucking treats I've got For all you little bear boys And girls And they's And them's And fucking all's out there Go to patreon.com Slash dumdumdice D-U-M-B D-U-M-B D-I-C-E You do that You're on the inside. Come talk to me on a Patreon exclusive Discord. Why don't you throw some names into the show? Why don't you build an NPC to join my fucking gang? I'm just saying, if you sign up, you won't regret it.
4: And if you don't sign
1: up, maybe you fucking will.
4: Well, not right now, but, you know.
0: I mean, I think I would probably... <sighs> Iris is, like, trying to put herself into a true crime mindset of the humans at this point because that's kind of all she knows. So she's probably looking for someone who's, like, probably not a nice person, doesn't have people that are going to miss them. Okay. She's probably going by, like, her human moral code and something sure. she could get away
3: with. I, I like the true crime angle. That's kind of a funny way to approach how you would try and fight a target is, like, who are the people who always end up dead on these podcasts? So with that in mind... Um,
0: are the innocent people.
3: I'm mm-hmm. talking
0: about, like, going after
3: the bad people. I, I understand. Um... Okay, so Miles, can you then please roll me a, let's say, an intelligence and um either streetwise insight or investigation, and then uh, Ryan, while she's putting that dice pull together, Um, how would Ridley hunt for Harvey?
1: Okay, he'd probably look for criminals because his style, if we want to go by the rule book, is alley cat. So he's literally the guy who, like, tackles people, feeds, and then he dominates them to, like, wipe their memory. That's Mm -hmm. what he kind of was his old school way. So I think, honestly, he's just looking for that, like, mugger getting somebody in an alleyway, like, guy taking girl who's too drunk out of the bar like he's just looking for the very traditional like street version of like a piece of shit right, um he'd you. also take any gang member or scumbag that was in bear boys because he figures they're all fair play if you're in the criminal underworld in the game you're yeah
3: it's um it's omar rules if you're in the game you're in the game if you're not in the game you're not in the game
1: Man's yeah a code. honestly yes that's ridley's code at all times yeah. uh
3: cool um iris what did you roll
0: Two successes.
3: Okay. Uh, So, Miles, what that means is I'm going to let you roll twice on perhaps the grimmest table I've ever seen in any (laughs) role-playing game, known as the Table of 50 Victims. Ooh! The opening and closing covers of the vampire book, uh, which are just 50 poor motherfuckers. You could kill. Roll on um, the table. So- Find
1: the person you're gonna eat them. Ta ta.
3: Who's gonna be that lucky victim? Uh, <laughs> so obviously, there's no such thing as a D50, or there is, and we just don't have them. Um, so what I'm gonna get you to do is roll a D100 and uh, divide by two. So we only have D10s because uh, we're playing vampire. Um, so the way a D100 works is uh, get two D10s of different colors. Uh, So you have a blue and a white, I believe. Let's say uh, the blue is the tens. The white is the ones. Yeah, great. So go ahead and roll those and tell me what comes up.
4: Excuse me.
0: 47.
3: All right, so you've got 47. And because you rolled two successes, can you roll again, please?
0: 95.
3: Damn. Okay. Um Ridley, I'm going to have you do the same thing. Um, You're looking for criminals, so I'm just going to make this a straight streetwise. And I would say you can use manipulation, wits, or resolve. Okay.
1: That is five successes with two tens one of which is on a hunger die.
0: <laughs> we're going to kill a baby. <laughs>
1: successy there's gonna be a baby with a cigarette
3: shooting a lady for yeah pearls. It's, it's gonna be the, uh, the dave Chappelle gonna... joke like <laughs> that
4: baby out of the corner like Maybe i don't it's it's, it's
3: little baby herman from uh fucking uh
1: who friend roger rabbit uh just,
3: have to be like, <laughs> oh, hey nice. baby nice cans yeah uh, ridley just walks herman.
1: into the scene of the wayne family homicide only it's a baby doing it <laughs>
3: Hey, um, you ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight, Mister? Blast. <laughs> um. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Tyler. <laughs> I was proud of that one too. Uh. Okay. So, uh, Ryan, I'm not gonna let you roll five five <laughs> sets of dice because that's stupid. Um, roll. Uh, go ahead and roll me three, please, and um, then I'll tell you what happens with the messy, successy. Um. While you're doing that, Miles, who you find. Oh, interesting.
0: Uh-oh.
1: Okay.
3: Um so uh you have two options. Um you find um a um you see a, a number of people spilling out of uh a, a rave. So there's clearly been like a late night and we're not talking like necessarily out of a club, but it seems to be kind of an industrial situation. Um, and, um, you see, um, uh, a, uh, a goth kid, um, who is wearing, clearly has, like, filed his, his teeth into fangs, uh, and is, like, wearing, like, a high, um, silken red collar, um, and, uh, he's clearly pretty fucked up, um, he's definitely tripping on something, and you can see one of his friends, uh, is like, uh, Kevin, come on, and he just shoves them, like, fucking hard into a wall um and he's like i told you kevin's dead i am strad von Zarovich, prince of darkness child of the night so go fuck yourself and then he kicks his buddy uh in the head while he's down um and then stumbles off down the street holding his cape up in the air um like a like a cool vampire um, so that's one of the kids you see. Um, meanwhile, the other person you see is, um, a, uh, uh a scrawny guy, um, who is, uh, sitting on a, a stoop, uh, and he's wearing like what was at some point this evening, a very nice button up shirt. Um, but it's untucked and like sweat stained and, uh, a few of the buttons have popped off near the collar, um, and he's just got his head in his hands, uh, and he's crying. Uh, and he's just like, "Oh God, oh man, I, oh God, my fucking phone and my keys. How am I gonna get home? Oh, I, I got that important meeting tomorrow at my place of business. Oh God, they're gonna. I, I needed eight hours, and now I'm gonna get two. Oh no." Um. So those those are your two potential victims. You've got Strad von Zarovich, and uh, sob story um, sob story no keys. <laughs> yeah, sob story no keys. Uh, AKA Jack Stapleton. Oh, how could this happen to me? Me, Jack Stapleton.
0: Are you? Do I need to make a decision now?
3: Uh, you need to think about it. Uh, so here's the thing. Um, you you guys well you guys have set out to to find a victim for harvey so i think the way we're going to play this is each of you needs to bring a victim back because you also don't know what harvey eats so So, yes you need to make a decision between those two however will you pick i don't know they're they're, they and then and then we can eat the other one you know this is true you need to eat as well
0: can i use some precog stuff to see if there's anything secret i can glean from them
3: Um, I'm gonna say based on your failure earlier that you've burned out your precog. Um,
0: Come
3: on! (laughs) (laughs) Roll better! Um, I'll say the vibe you get off, um, Strahd is that, uh, he really wishes he was a vampire. Uh, and you can see a possible future where he does in fact meet Kindred. Um, it doesn't go great for him. Um, from Jack Stapleton, uh, you get a, a glimpse of, um, uh, his, uh, his business meeting tomorrow going tremendously badly, um, based on, on what's happened. Uh, and then you see him, uh, uh, come home and, uh, yell at his dog about it.
0: <laughs> oh.
3: <laughs> Ryan, what did you get on your D-100s of many six- messy successes?
4: All right,
1: I got 43, okay, so 21. 72, and 19. Uh, 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 I got a real good spread for the top to
3: bottom of the possibilities. Now, keep in mind, we're having all of these because I only have 50 victims. So yeah. you got an 8, a 31, and a 21. Um, hmm. Um, okay, so um, you see a late-night bus driver. Um who very clearly, um, there's, like, um, a, uh, um, there's, like, a just a, a very, um, like, like, I think as someone who, whose mom worked, like, long shifts, admittedly in a brothel, but, like, still has, like, any job that goes a long time and is exhausting has the same look at the end of it, and I feel like you've seen, I fucking worked myself to the bone tonight, um, so you see, um, a sort of um, like an Octavia Spencer uh, type, just like like full on from the help, just like in a hotel uniform waiting for a bus and you see the bus driver, uh, who's like a Chris Farley circa um, uh, Billy Madison um, bus driver, just like slow down near her and you see um, uh, this lady kind of get up and like sort of grab her work bag And then he just keeps rolling and then speeds back up. Um, And you see him park around the corner to have a smoke. Um, And uh, you see her start to slowly trudge uh, her way home. Um, So you get that guy uh, and you see him kind of laughing about it. um, As he uh, lights a cigarette. Uh, You see... (laughs) um, A... Um, A guy kind of spill out of, uh, 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 not the same rave that Iris was looking at, but um, spill out of like a a fancy bar, uh, and he's still got a martini glass in his hand. Um, And you see a a bartender rush after him and be like, "Um, uh, Sir, I'm I'm sorry, Uh, sir, you can't take that with you. And he turns around and he's like, do you know who I am? I'm Alden Bishop. I want a fucking Oscar! And then he whips the, the martini glass at the bartender <clears throat> who, uh, who dodges uh, the glass shards. Um, and uh, you see this guy kind of like throw his arm around uh, two um, indulgent but clearly uncomfortable um, actresses. Uh, and he's like, you ladies ever seen the, the sun come up over Mount Royal? So what they named the city after. It's great. I'll take you there. Then you can suck my dick um and then you see
4: everett comes out of nowhere and kills that guy <laughs> 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 it's like- e- everett turns him so he can eat him yeah.
3: uh he, he makes an exception um and then uh you you see um a uh a woman who is clearly having um a has just had a huge argument um, with uh, with her girlfriend who is storming off down the street uh, and uh, you see her um, look down at uh, the small uh, box that's in her hand and you can see a slight twinkle coming out of it and uh, you see her just kind of snap it shut and um, slowly slide it back into her pocket. So those are the, the three potential victims you've rolled. Not everyone's a horrible person. You roll on a chart, they're just
1: potential people you could be horrible to. Yeah, basically, do you want my answer or should we go back to uh, Iris first? Iris, who do you hunt?
0: I'm gonna hunt Kevin
3: Straub. Uh,
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. Um, he's a danger to the masquerade and he's clearly a wank, so. <laughs>
3: um, all right, and uh, Ryan, who do you hunt?
1: technically the bus driver is just an asshole and Ridley would just feel sorry for the lady who didn't get proposed to and probably would have tried to do something nice for her that may have gone poorly if he had more time. Um, but uh, it, it's it's shitty actor who tried to assault a service Director. worker and then it's uh, even better. Uh, and then was uh, sexually harassing the actresses because that immediately puts him in criminal territory. I will also
3: say... Um, that uh, even though you're, you don't have numerology um, in, your, in your learning, um, I think you've learned. You don't understand what the numbers necessarily correspond to, but you've got a fucking good visual memory. So I think you just glare at the number on the back of that bus because the good news is that guy's going to keep doing this route <laughs> and you're going to keep being hungry. Um, so I think, uh, in almost the way that like, I know what a couple hieroglyphs are. I don't know what they mean, but like, I'm like, ah, yeah, the one with the bird. Um, yeah. You... I look across the street
1: and memorize the bar that's there. So I know the corner. Ah,
3: yeah. Yeah. Perfect. So you, you memorize him for later noms. Uh, and then you, you go after Alden Bishop, um, Oscar award winner, Alden Bishop. Um, okay. So my next question and also, uh, Tyler, thank you for just going along for the ride on all of this. That was great. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um,
4: I stormed out. I knew that was <laughs> I knew that was the end of that forever.
3: You just close your laptop like yeah. let's go. Um, all right, so um, miles, uh, how does Iris approach uh, Kevin von Strad von Zerovich? what is what is your strategy for getting him to come back to the bar?
0: Oh, I'm gonna play like super vampire fan. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's kind of ironic. Like, given that you actually super. hate this.
0: I know that I'm like super into vampires and I've read all about them, but I'm not going to go like the true blood route because clearly this kid takes it very fucking seriously. And if I just come like a little bimbo being like, I love true blood. You look like a vampire. It's not going to work.
3: It's a bummer. So, Cause you do look like. Sookie gonna gonna stay. right now. <laughs> Avid. Avid vampire fan,
4: Nicole Richie.
3: (laughs) Yeah. That's the other question um, that I think I'm going to make you roll for. Um, I think I... Given that Iris is so high status, I feel like it behooves us to roll to determine whether you approach as Iris Dunn or Lurleen Lumpkin. Uh, I'm giving her the Simpsons last name because I can't think of another
1: Lurleen last name. (laughs) Angry, Um, vomiting bartender. (laughs) Exactly.
3: Uh, So, Miles, can you roll me a... Um, composure and awareness, please. Because I just love the idea that, like, this is such a weird, like, this is your first time hunting a person on the street. And I feel like if it were me, I would probably be like, all right, now it's Tommy's turn to shine. And then walk up and people would be like, why are you dressed as a cow? And I'd be like, ah, I forgot about the cow disguise, Moo? But by then they would know I'm not a cow and it would be too late.
0: Two successes.
3: Okay, great. So um, you have the option. You can either approach as Iris or as Uh Lurline, And or, sorry, what what I mean by that is your vampire, I'm a big vampire fan approach, you can tailor to how you look. It was mostly like, I kind of love the idea that you might accidentally just walk up and be like, "Ah, yes, children of the night. He's like, what? No, you're Nicole Richie. Um, so yes, you can, you can make that approach just fine. Um, Ryan, what is your
1: approach, Vector? So I feel like Ridley knows that he looks kind of low status, but also vaguely criminal. So a lot of clever moves he can't really do. So I think what he would do is just try to get ahead of them on the street and then just step out of a corner and be like, ladies, ladies, I'm so sorry about this. So sorry, Mr. Bishop here owes me some money. So I'm going to need to take him somewhere else for a bit until he gives me the money.
3: And he's like, well, no, uh, come on, ladies, don't leave. And they're both like, okay, um, he, uh, he probably owes you more than you think. And they both wink at you into knowing like, we're not going to tell anyone this happened. Uh, and then they turn to each other and they're like, oh, it's such a shame we didn't find Alden Bishop tonight. Yeah, it's so weird. He said he was going to be at that club. Oh, well, off we go. Um, and they, uh, they walk off arm in arm. Um, as they, uh, as they do, they, they find, um, the, uh, the lover who is, uh, sitting there, uh, sadly looking at her ring and, uh, you just kind of hear something like, hey, are you all right? And you see them have like, start to have a little chat and eventually, um, she gets up and leaves
1: with them. Um, he looks over, and goes, <laughs> you see, the world can be a nice place as for fucking you. <laughs> it's just like wham on him right um
3: iris uh you approach kevin von Strad. um what do you say
0: i actually don't know because as much as i do this podcast i don't know a ton about legitimate vampire lore um
3: do you know about guys who would like to mansplain things to you because i'm pretty sure that would work for this
4: guy <laughs>
0: Yeah, so I probably just, uh, yeah, so I go up to him. And I think playing more powerful and, and having the presence is going to have more of an effect on this kid. I think mm-hmm. he he likes the power of vampires more than he likes the reality of them. So playing like a powerful older woman who's is super into dark shit, I think will... So I, I come at it with that approach in that... I really love vampires, and I find him very alluring.
3: Cool, yeah. So I think it's less I love vampires, and it's more like you seem powerful and mysterious, as though mm-hmm. you know the secrets of the night, like that that kind of take rather than like cool fangs, man.
0: Yes, exactly.
3: Cool. Thank you. Um, and he says, uh, "Ah, yes, I cool I see. fangs, man. <laughs> uh, I, I I see you understand my." my powers of darkness. And then he gives you like what he thinks is, is clearly a vampire charming. Someone look, which is just like high eyebrows, wide eyes, kind of like Donald Glover being scared of something. Um, What, how do you respond?
0: I, I just take his hand and say, come with me.
3: Uh, He is very excited and a little taken aback. He didn't think that would work. Um, (laughs) And uh, you just hear mutter. It is real. Uh, And you drag him back to Malone's. So, um, minutes later, uh, Ridley and Iris... uh, Iris, you lead a a man in an improbably bad vampire outfit through the front door. Uh, Ridley, you drag a guy with a bleeding face in. Um, uh, Malone just kind of, like, nods to both of you. uh, And just very quickly brings free drinks to the, the people who are still there. Who... Uh, you get the sense that this bar is starting to take on a flavor of, like, the people who hang out here hang out here because they know this sort of shit happens and they kind of like it. So there's a lot of, like, you know, Moss Eisley, Cantina, like, I look over my shoulder, Han Solo caps a guy, and then throws a dollar down, You're like, cool, as long as he paid for the damages,
1: that's fine. Yeah, it's that um, pub right in the middle of town in Peaky Blinders, where they're just like... <laughs> It's the blinders. We're going to go sit in a different part of the bar for a minute.
3: Uh, yeah, but they're also there because they, they like being close to the danger. Um, so um, you uh, you'd both uh, bring your prey down to the basement. Um, and uh, so standing before the box, you have uh, Alden Bishop, award-winning director, and uh, Kevin Von Straut. Uh Ridley and Iris, what is your reaction to each other's prey?
0: What's with this fancy dancy guy over here? I know him. him. He's pretty famous.
1: Yeah, well, he was coming out of a bar and then he he threw a glass in a server's face and then he was using his position to be sexually inappropriate with actresses. And I was like, fuck this. And now we get to eat him. If Arvin cared, I fucking can. What about yours? He looks like a, a wanker.
0: Yeah, so this uh, this little snot face fancies himself a vampire and is uh, calling himself Strahd. Whoa, whoa! So- hang
3: on, I am a vampire, and you, sir, have insulted my honor. <laughs> face my fangs! And he um, he he lunges at you,
1: Ridley, with his his teeth out. Great! I'd like to grab him by the throat and just say, "How about, mon, bruv?" Uh, <laughs> just give him the classic like vampire
3: threat. Um, he goes limp in in your hands i mean like his body goes limp parts of him get hard and he just stares at you and he's like oh, master
1: let oh, me fuck. serve you okay did, did he do anything fucking bad
0: he's just a danger to the masquerade and he's he's just seems like a little shithead.
3: did kick the guy who tried to help him in the head
0: he did do that he kicked he kicked his friend in the head for calling him kevin
3: wait was that guy standing up or was that guy on the ground
1: He threw him into a wall and then kicked him while he was
0: down.
1: Oh, oh, if it was in the edge, you know what? That makes it. And I turn and look him in the face and I say assault with a deadly weapon. Welcome criminal. You're going to have a bad fucking time.
3: (laughs) Um, And that is when um, you hear um, a creak as the, the crate opens. And uh, for a second, uh, you hear the, uh, the familiar meowl of Mr. Tibbs, um, uh, TJ Malone's cat, who's never been mentioned before, but has been lurking around the basement catching grass <laughs> for some time. Um, and then you hear a crunch. And as you both turn and look in horror, Harvey sits up with a limp cat in his mouth, just says, well, who are these fancy fuckers? This
2: episode of Blood and Syrup features the voices of Ryan Laplante at The Ryan Laplante on Twitter, Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter, Megan Miles at Maggie Miles on Twitter, and storyteller Tom McGee at McGee TD on Twitter. This episode was edited by Ryan Laplante, and the Dum Dums and Dice logos are done by Decapitated Markers at Decapitated Marker on Twitter. That's M R K R. Our theme songs are What's Really Going On Right Now by Chase Allen Willis, and Traffic by Kai Engel. And our ads use the tracks No Control in Chiefs by Jazz Art. J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R. All of their music is available on freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com our Twitter and Instagram or at dumdumdice and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. You can also buy merchandise at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice. And you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's DUMB DUMB DICE sleep well children of
1: the night ah 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 spooky Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. Christian Menicola, Long Long, The Half Blind Prophet, James Quayar, DM Rob, Christopher Little, Olin Anderson, Sue One, Devin Boyce, George Dolby, One True Artistry, Orion Birchfield, Anthony Griffin, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dum dum dice thanks to them and a little bit of thanks to
4: you the fable and folly network where fiction producers flourish